Trust in God and God will make your path straight and in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. As I read this passage today, you have the inclination that Jesus is sitting somewhere in a garden like ours, in one of these wonderfully manicured gardens that Robin looks after for us. And to be able to sit out there, Robin, in the sun and just kind of go, well, what's the kingdom of heaven like? What is it like? You know, it's a... It's like this treasure, it's like a pearl, it's like going out fishing and finding all these things. It's like Nigeria winning the, uh, the uh, World Cup game against Australia. It's, it's an uplifting experience, it brings joy, it brings all sorts of great moments to you. And sometimes I think we should have a picnic service outside and just put the blankets out and be in the sun and just muse with our Lord God about what the wonderful things are. And Rob and I will be doing that one day, we'll just have to do that. When it gets a bit warmer, someone said the winds were going to get a bit stronger. I was going to say, let's go outside, but we won't do that today. But searching for treasure, searching for the things that we want, it's always something that's kind of upmost on our mind. And I say that looking through some of the shows just recently. I was looking through um, Curse of Oak Island, um, Expedition X, Expedition Unknown, Expedition whatever. There's a number of different shows and everyone's searching for some treasure, something they can find. And when I listen to all the stories, when I listen to how people search for treasures, there's often little traps and scenarios where if you find the treasure, well, you could get damaged because there's a booby trap and it'll fall on you and something will explode or a case of sand will fall on your head or a rock will hit, like Indiana Jones, you know, the rock rolling down the hill. And yet in today's passage... God opens our hearts to a treasure and he wants us to have it. He wants you and I to have the treasure of heaven before us. So we begin today with an understanding of the way that the kingdom is a path to joy. It's not a path to judgment. It's not a path to harshness. It's not a path to isolation. The search for us to find Jesus is a path of joy. Because the treasure we get frees us from death. The setting of this parable in, in um, Palestine at the time is easily understood. Many people hid their treasures because you had people coming to conquer the land. So they'd bury all their wealth in the ground and they'd keep it there. So when they were taken into exile and they'd come back, well, they'd just dig it up again and use it when they needed to. So the idea of having hidden treasure was part of the culture. It wasn't... There weren't banks, there weren't security deposit boxes where you could go in and, you know, you'd put your eye on a certain thing and put your fingerprint and open up the uh, treasure. It wasn't that secure. So people lived that way. They hid things, they buried things to protect what they had. And the picture we have today is of some labourer, of someone going through this field and finding this treasure that was buried. And wisely... They refrain from passing the information on to others, but they go and purchase the field so that they can have the field and the treasure. But there is also something concerning about this, that there is a field with treasure in it that was unclaimed, that wasn't sought after, that wasn't investigated. And in some ways, possibly the person that owned it didn't realise that their ancestors had buried some treasure in that spot. So the focus of this parable is very clear. 
that it is about discovering and going on a journey of discovery and by chance finding a treasure that comes across your path. But what happens when a field becomes something of an inconvenience? What happens when what you own and what you treasure becomes an inconvenient truth for your life? As I pondered this idea in prayer, I kept thinking about what happened that was, filled, that was happening for the person that was filled with joy, the, the finder of the treasure. And I could see a process develop where discovery led to a response and the response informed commitment. We have our part to play in the kingdom. We have our part to play in the release of the kingdom into our areas, into those people around us where we work and play and worship and pray. But what do you treasure in your field? What do you uphold that is joyful and wonderful and exciting about your own faith journey? Or is it a field where, there's, where, there's, where it's hard to turn things over? Is it a field that you feel weighed down by? What have you discovered about the work of Jesus and God in your field, in your life? <coughs> in the places that you occupy, in the places where you work, during our fellowship time, what do you discover about the work of God in your life when you speak to others around you? Do you see God working in our midst and the spirit present in everything that we do? Or do you see the cracks or the bits of painting that need to be done or the, the downpipe that's got a leak just near the door over there? Well, I'm not pointing it. Or, or the possum hole just up there if you haven't noticed it. There's one up there as well. Like which part of that do you notice? Because when there is great joy about something, we're so, we're so able to overlook some of the cracks and some of the imperfections, aren't we? When you feel joyful about that first person you meet and fall in love with, all the things that might not be right are hardly noticed at the time. When you feel joyful about the first experience that you have with Jesus, you want to tell everyone and you, and you don't hold back. You don't worry about how embarrassing it'll be. You're just so full of the Spirit, and share it with people. So how do we reclaim the joy of our hearts so that we are far more excited by the opportunities that God gives us to reach into our community, to revitalise our community, than we are worrying about all the imperfections we might find along the way? From this process, as I looked in what was happening in this parable for me in particular... If you discover a treasure that you feel positive about, then you respond positively. But if you're not even looking for a treasure, if you have a field that you own and you are not even investigating that, then there is no treasure. There is nothing to discover. If you can't discover the treasure in your field or in your life, then the response that you have is subdued or sometimes negative. I know there were times in my life I could not see the treasure of the Lord acting in any way. And my, and my life was negative. It was anxious. I was worried. At different times, I couldn't focus on the Lord. I just focused on my own selfish needs. Because the treasure that I needed to attain 
would have meant that I would have to lose out on where I was. Was I prepared to do that? The parable says the person today that we read about was. They gave everything they had for the field. The response to discovery, though, is never to be a gatekeeper. As we read in the passage where the fish are sorted out, our response to joy is never then to, be, to tell anyone how else they should have joy. It's not my place to tell you how to find joy. All I can ask you to do is to seek God and to seek the Bible and to seek through prayer what Jesus is telling you. How you do that, that is your own personal relationship with God. And sometimes when we're so filled with joy, we feel, oh, well, this is the right way. This is the only way to God. But God doesn't say we do that. We don't get to that opportunity. That's the angel's job. They're the ones that at the final call work on God's behalf. What we are called to do is to have a personal and incarnate relationship with God so that we can develop our joy and be a lighthouse for those that might not be able to find the joy. So they come up to us and say, you're always happy. You're always happy in God. How do you do it? I've had my cat die. I've had my dog run over and all these things have happened. How do I keep that joy in my heart? And then you can give your testimony. Not this is what you do, but this is what happens to me each and every week. When we discover the kingdom of God, our response is to see the value and the treasure that is before us. But what is the treasure? What is it that we're holding on to? Well, I think the treasure is that death has no hold over us. I think the treasure is that we don't have to live in fear of any consequence being greater than the love of God. As we read in Paul's letter, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And when we listen to the Bible and when we read the gospel in particular, Jesus always tells us how loved we are, how wanted we are. Indeed, if we were to look at this from heaven's perspective, you are God's treasure. You are the one that he knitted in the womb. You are the one that he brought to life. You are the one that heaven rejoices at your birth. And even Jesus says, if you're, if you're lost, if any one of you are lost, he's going to leave the other, hundred, the other 99 and go out and find that sheep that's lost and bring it back. And when you are brought back, there is rejoicing in heaven. There is joy in heaven. God discovered you. God knows you. And there is joyfulness in heaven at your presence, at your existence. And so it's up to us to reciprocate that to heaven. We say that heaven sings to us in some of our Christmas hymns. There's a, you know, the heaven sings to us and we sing back. Well, let's sing back with the joy that heaven has for us. Let's sing back with the hearts filled with love and care and nurturing for each other and for those around us. The kingdom of God can often be thought of as a noun, but the kingdom of God is a living being. It's a living entity based on our Lord God. 
Its action is to subsume all of creation. It is to bring all of creation into it. And according to what I read, we are the greatest of God's creations. We are the greatest of what God has made. So guess what the purpose of heaven is to do? Is to bring all of us together into one spot before the Father in his glory and in love as brothers and sisters as Christ. I am so grateful for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ because my commitment to God and to this great treasure that I have before me, this great treasure where death is overcome and I have eternal life, is not that I have to be perfect. I'm not called to be the perfect person to get there. I'm just called to be holy and righteous. And holy means that I dedicate myself and my space to God's purpose. And righteous just says that I'm constantly listening for God's voice each and every day. Am I going to hear God's voice perfectly every time? No. Am I going to use my space constantly 100% to do the perfect thing every time? No. I'm human. We're human. But the whole point of what God is asking us to do is to strive and to contend with all the things that stop us from knowing heaven in our life so that we are focused on Jesus. We are focused on the gospel and we are focused on being as Christ-like as possible. So over this coming week, as we move forward, as we leave today in joy and filled with, with uh, the Lord in our, in our communion today, can I ask you to think about that in your life how do you apportion yourself to God do you seek to be perfect and then find guilt or do you simply know that you are loved and wanted by God and that each and every moment is a moment that an opportunity to show to respond to heaven to show that you love God and that you want to be that holy and righteous person before God and even when you get it wrong You dust yourself off and start again and say, Lord, stuff that up. Let's go again. Help me. Send the Holy Spirit down just to give me another way to do that. Let's see what happens the next time and the next time. Because Jesus says we forgive each other 70 times, 70 times. Well, our Lord is infinitely forgiving and infinitely loving because he died on the cross for all eternity. There was a once and for all sacrifice that happened just over 2,000 years ago. And that was for then, it was for the Middle Ages, and it's for now. So I encourage you to take that gift up in your heart with the joy of heaven behind you. The Lord be with you.